Today is the 17th Sunday after Pentecost. However, since it is the month of October, and which, as you know, the month of October is dedicated to the Most Holy Rosary, and since we will be celebrating the Feast of the Holy Rosary this week, the Church permits a solemn votive Mass of the Feast to be offered on the first Sunday of the month. This Mass, then, is taken from the Feast of the Holy Rosary, and you will find it in your missals on October 7th. There will also be a commemoration and a proper last gospel of the 17th Sunday, as well as a commemoration of St. Bruno, whose feast we celebrate today. Today is also Vocation Sunday, and so I ask that you please offer up your Mass and Holy Communion for vocations, and that you please join us in the prayers after Mass for this intention. Also after Mass today, there will be the blessing of religious articles at the Communion Rail. Tomorrow, October 7th, is the Feast of the Most Holy Rosary. There will be evening devotions in honor of the Rosary at St. Pius V School, and these will begin at 7 o'clock p.m. These devotions will include a candlelight rosary procession and benediction of the Blessed Sacrament. Bishop Carroll will actually be coming down from Round Top to lead the devotions. The special purpose of these devotions tomorrow evening is to seek Our Lady's protection over our school, especially against the New York State mandates, as well as to make reparation to Our Lady's Immaculate Heart. And so I do encourage you to make every effort to attend these devotions, not only as a mark of your love and devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary, but also for the sake of our school. This Thursday, October 10th, Bishop Sante will resume his conferences on modernism in the Second Vatican Council for the men of the parish. The conference will be held at St. Pius V School, and will begin at 7.30 p.m. Please note that St. Pius V School will be closed this Friday, October 11th, in honor of the Feast of the Divine Maternity of the Blessed Virgin. And the school will also be closed on Monday, October 14th, which is Columbus Day. Classes will resume at the regular time on Tuesday, October 15th. Saturday, October 19th, marks the 26th anniversary of Bishop Kelly's Episcopal consecration. And for all that he has done for us, for the chapel here, for the school, and most importantly, for all he has done for the salvation of souls, I ask that you please keep the bishop in your prayers. And I do encourage you also not only to pray for him on his anniversary, but to make it a point to say a little prayer for him each day in gratitude. And finally, I would remind you that while all are welcome to attend our Masses here at St. Pius V, all may not receive Holy Communion. There are some requirements for the reception of Holy Communion, and those are printed on the back of the bulletin and posted as well in the vestibule of the chapel. The epistle for the Mass of the Holy Rosary is taken from the book of Proverbs, chapter 8. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his ways, before he made anything from the beginning. I was set up from eternity and of old, before the earth was made. The depths were not as yet, and I was already conceived. Neither had the fountains of waters as yet sprung out. The mountains with their huge bulk had not as yet been established. Before the hills I was brought forth, he had not yet made the earth, nor the rivers, nor the poles of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was present. When, with a certain law and compass, he he enclosed the depths. When he established the sky above and poised the fountains of waters. When he compassed the sea with its bounds. 
and set a law to the waters that they should not pass their limits. When he balanced the foundations of the earth, I was with him, forming all things, and was delighted every day, playing before him at all times, playing in the world. And my delights were to be with the children of men. Now therefore, ye children, hear me. Blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction, and be wise, and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, and that watcheth daily at my gates, and waiteth at the posts of my door. He that shall find me shall find life, and shall have salvation from the Lord. And the Holy Gospel. It's taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 1. At that time, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel being come in said unto her, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Who, having heard, was troubled at his saying and thought with herself what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found grace with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shalt bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of David his father. And he shall reign in the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How shall this be done, because I know not man? And the angel answering said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Most High shall overshadow thee. And therefore also the Holy which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she also hath conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her that is called barren, because no word shall be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Thus far the words of the Holy Gospel. He that shall find me shall find life, and shall have salvation from the Lord. These words are taken from the epistle for today's Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear friends, well over a hundred years ago, a certain college student was traveling by train. He was seated next to an elderly gentleman who, from all outward appearances, was a well-to-do peasant. After exchanging pleasantries with his neighbor, the elderly man took out his rosary, and he began to pray it in silence. At length, the college boy saw what he was doing. He saw the man slipping the rosary beads through his fingers. And so tapping him on the shoulder, the boy interrupted him. Excuse me, sir, he said, pointing to the rosary. Do you still believe in such outdated and superstitious things? Yes, I do, the man replied. Do you not? The student snorted and said to the man, No, I don't believe in such silly things. And please take my advice, sir. Throw that rosary out the window right now and learn what science has to say about it. Science, the old man said. 
I do not understand this science. Perhaps you can explain it to me. The college boy went on to explain to the old man that science had rendered beliefs in religion irrelevant and that man should do his research on the matter and see for himself. Now, as the boy spoke, tears welled up in the eyes of the man. It didn't take long for the boy to notice that he had hurt the man's feelings, and so to avoid further offending him, he offered to send him some material to read. Please give me your address, the young man said, and I will send you some literature to help you understand this matter. The old man reached into his coat. He pulled out a tattered business card. And then he handed it to the young man. The boy looked at the card for a brief moment, and then he dropped his head in shame. For printed on the card were these words. Louis Pasteur, director of the Paris Institute of Scientific Research. Louis Pasteur, my dear friends, was one of the most brilliant scientists of the 19th century. He is perhaps best known for developing the vaccination for rabies and for inventing the food preparing process known as pasteurization. But aside from being a renowned man of science, Louis Pasteur was a devout man of God. He was a fervent Catholic and he was a devout son of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And as one Catholic biographer points out, he always conducted his scientific research and experiments for the glory of God and under the guidance of our Blessed Lady, whom he frequently besought through the recitation of the Rosary. A bit of science, Pasteur once said, distances one from God, but much science brings one nearer to him. For the more I study nature, Pasteur said, the more I stand amazed at the work of the Creator. This, my dear friends, is what science is supposed to do. It is supposed to bring one closer to God. And yet the science of today has done the opposite. It has led countless people away from God. And this is because rather than use science for the glory of God, and subjected to the laws and revelations of God as Louis Pasteur did. Countless scientists, professors, students, people from all walks of life have, like that young college student on the train, they have made science their God. Like the chosen people of old who set up a golden calf to worship as God, these people, in a certain sense, worship science as God. And they have thus organized, as it were, a religion. The chief dogmas of this religion are the origin of the universe without God and the so-called theory of human evolution. The theory of evolution, which, by the way, actually is not even a theory according to true scientific standards, which was taught by Charles Darwin, and which is propounded today by countless university professors and scientists. This so-called theory has caused countless people across the world to abandon their belief in God in the name of science. But when all is said and done, there really is nothing scientific behind evolution. 
Sir Julian Huxley, a 20th century evolutionist, admits this himself. This is what he wrote. We must change our pattern of religious thought from a God-centered to an evolution-centered pattern. The God hypothesis, Huxley says, is becoming an intellectual and moral burden on our thoughts. We must therefore construct something to take its place. We must construct something to take God's place. And that something, my dear friends, is evolution. Even Richard Dawkins, the British evolutionary biologist and today's poster boy for atheism and evolution, even he admits this. I want to give the world, he said, a scientific alternative to God. Evolution, then, is not science. It's a religion. A religion devised by man which excludes God and morality. And it is this false religion that is being promoted in schools and universities throughout the world today. Is it any wonder, then, that the world has moved so far away from God? Is it any wonder that there is so much unbelief, impurity, and murder, so much sin and vice in the world today? Modern science's assertions that the universe just magically appeared by itself and that mankind somehow evolved from lifeless crystal formations, these assertions, these lies, and lies like them, have brought havoc and spiritual destruction upon countless millions of souls. And as a result, the times in which we live are becoming more and more anti-God. They are indeed difficult times. They are times in which our perseverance and our God-given faith will be tried by the state of the world and even by the state of the church. Times in which our loyalty to Almighty God will be tested by temptation, human respect, and even pressure from friends and relatives. Times in which we may be mocked, ridiculed, and even persecuted for practicing the one true faith. But my dear friends, no matter how difficult it now seems, no matter how difficult it becomes, we must never lose hope, for the solution to this crisis is clear. It is the very same solution our Heavenly Mother gave to St. Dominic 805 years ago in 1214. The solution is devotion to the Most Holy Rosary. Our Blessed Lady appeared to St. Dominic and gave him the rosary as the answer to the problems of his day, as the weapon against the Albigensian heresy. She gave him the rosary as the chief weapon in the warfare against the enemies of salvation. And just as the rosary was the answer to the problems of St. Dominic's time, it's the answer to our problems today. For nothing has really changed when all is said and done in the last 800 years. Oh yes, the world has become much more steeped in sin, vice, and unbelief. But we face many of the same trials the faithful of St. Dominic's time faced. And our Catholic beliefs are assaulted today 
though to a greater degree, just as they were attacked at the time of St. Dominic. Devotion to the Holy Rosary is thus absolutely essential if we would save our souls, especially in these troubled times. In fact, St. Louis de Montfort believed that the rosary, alongside the devotion to the Sacred Heart, he believed that the devotion to the rosary was the devotion for the faithful of the latter times. The devotion to help Catholics of modern times persevere in the true faith while living in the midst of an anti-Catholic and anti-God world. This is what St. Louis de Montfort wrote. At the end of the world, the Most High and His Holy Mother will form great saints. Great saints who will surpass most of the other saints in holiness. These great souls, he continues, shall be chosen to match themselves against the enemies of God, who shall rage on all sides. And they shall be singularly devoted to our Blessed Lady, carrying on their shoulders the standard of the cross, the crucifix in their right hand, and the rosary in their left. What St. Louis de Montfort is saying, my dear friends, is that the faithful of the latter times must be especially devoted to the Holy Rosary. But whether or not these are the latter days, God alone knows. Nonetheless, today we desperately need Catholics Catholics who, like Louis Pasteur, will stand up for their faith and take up the rosary as their weapon in the spiritual war for the church and for souls. No matter how much he was ridiculed for his devotion to Our Lady, and I'm sure the incident with the young man on the train was not an isolated case, no matter how much he was ridiculed, no matter how difficult things became, Louis Pasteur believed in his heart that the rosary was the solution to the problems of his time and the answer to the questions of science. And thus he often turned to Our Lady through her rosary. He studied, as it were, the science of the saints. That is, he studied the lives of Jesus and Mary by meditating on the mysteries of the rosary. He studied their lives to learn their virtues so that he could put these virtues into practice in his daily life. How did our Lord and Our Lady react when they were contradicted? How did they react when things did not go their way? How did they practice patience, charity? How did they forgive their offenders? How lovingly and generously did they bear their trials and their sufferings? For Louis Pasteur, this was the most sublime science. This was the greatest knowledge. For he knew that this was the science that would help him become a saint and ultimately to save his soul. And so it must be with us. During this month which the Church dedicates to the Holy Rosary, we must renew our resolution to take up our rosaries each day as our weapon in the spiritual combat. We cannot be content to merely mouth the words of the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and the Glory Be of the Rosary. 
Rather, let us study the lives of Jesus and Mary in meditation. Let us strive to learn the science of the saints. And what that means is that we not only pray the words of the rosary more reverently, but we especially strive to meditate on the mysteries better than we have in the past. We will only get out of the mysteries what we put into our meditation on them. And what I mean by that is if we half-heartedly try to meditate on the mysteries, we will get very little fruit from them. If we do not try at all and willingly yield to distractions, we will get nothing. But if we strive to meditate on the mysteries, to think about and to learn from Jesus and Mary, while striving to calmly turn our mind away from distractions, we will get a superabundance of light to know what we have to do to save our souls and the grace to do it. Of all the wonderful discoveries scientists have made, my dear friends, and there really have been many wonderful discoveries in science, but of all these, the majority of scientists have not made the most important discovery. They have not found Our Lady. And she is the most important discovery because as she says to us in the epistle for the Mass, He that shall find me shall find life and shall have salvation from the Lord. If we find her then, that is, if we turn to her when we are in need, she will help us. And she will help us ultimately win the battle for our soul. And with this in mind, I encourage you again to make every effort tomorrow evening to be at St. Pius V School at 7 p.m. for the Rosary Procession, where we, united as one, will beseech Our Lady through the Most Holy Rosary to protect our school from all adversity and in particular from certain New York State mandates. In all the events of our lives, my dear friends, may we be always ready to go to Our Lady, ever mindful of these consoling words of St. Louis de Montfort. If you say the rosary faithfully until death, even if you are on the brink of damnation, even if you have one foot in hell, sooner or later you will be converted and will amend your life and you will save your soul. And I do assure you, he concludes, that in spite of the gravity of your sins, you shall receive a never-fading crown of glory. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.